Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jones, Bowden, he's got it, England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. Stokes flashes it away, through the covers for four, and England have won the match. Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. Parity, I suppose you could say, after two days of the Karachi Test match. Uh, Meanwhile, two days is enough for the entire Test match in Brisbane with uh, Australia and South Africa. (laughs) 34 wickets falling in probably less than two days, actually, and Australia getting home by six wickets. And lots of questions asked about the Gabba pitch. I get lots of Indians actually on the um, on the Twitter feed who taking some kind of uh, interest in Gabba pitches after we cri- rather criticise some of the pitches in India. Are we therefore going to criticise the Gabba pitch? I need to look at the the falls of some of the wickets to assess whether the pitch itself was to blame. But what about the uh, the Karachi pitch? It's looking pretty flat, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I, I, I think we thought that it would turn more today than it did and therefore it would be quite tricky for England to bat on Harry Brook afterwards said it you know, it will offer he thinks as the game goes on but it's, it's quite slow I think that was the key and so if you gave yourself a bit of time you were quite watchful get in and score as Brook did as Ben Folkes did as Mark Wood did as well towards the end to score useful runs for England and to get them past Pakistan's first inning score. At one stage, it looked as if England might concede a first innings lead, but actually a first innings lead of 50 was actually probably beyond their expectation when they were 145 for five. Quite a lot to talk about and deconstruct on this day's play, Yours, A hundred for Harry Brook, another one, and a run out involving Ben Stokes as well. When isn't there anything to talk about on these days <laughs> of cricket with in- featuring England? Because... There's, there's always so much going on, isn't there? And it, it's it's amazing, really, if you compare, I don't know, test cricket from 
25 years ago, there, there would have been many days of cricket, I think, before the sort of 2005 and sort of that era, there would have been many days of cricket where there wasn't all that much to talk about, really, because it just potted along at its own sedentary sort of pace. But now these games rush along, and there are periods, I suppose, where there are more normal cricket is played, and then you get a, a debutant, in this case, Ray and Ahmed, coming out and playing shots from the off and, and not lasting very long. And a, another guy who's only four tests into his career playing like a master. I mean, extraordinary to watch. Harry Brook has now gone past David Gower as the leading run scorer in a test series in Pakistan for, for an England player. And he's also scored three hundreds in in the subcontinent, which is as many in a series as Ken Barrington and Alistair Cook have done, also English records or equaling English records. So he's got one more innings, I suppose, potentially in the second innings of this test match to overtake them as well. I mean, he's already in exalted company, isn't he? He started today's innings on the toilet. Well, when Joe Root was out, because it was two wickets and two balls, he said he was in the toilet. So he had to get himself together pretty quickly to get out there. But once he did, he looked pretty unflustered. I mean, he's such a good player, such a talented young player. He did say afterwards, and he said it a lot on this tour, he said, one thing you'd say about playing in Pakistan, the pitches are good for batting. So, you know, he, you know, it's almost as if he expected himself to score runs. And actually, he also said to me afterwards that when he came out here, he said to a friend of his, I want to score 200s, that's my goal. So, which is, you know, quite a lot, isn't it, to come out and score a couple of hundreds on your, on your first test tour. But he's managed three, and with one innings left, uh, someone quipped on the bus on the way back, he might have to score 100 in, the, in the, the fourth innings of this test match as well, if England are to win this game. Because, you know, they, you feel as if they're going to be set something reasonably challenging. I, I, can't, I don't see Pakistan, my hunch is I don't see Pakistan just falling in a heap in the third innings of this match so England are going to have to bat well in, in the final innings there's a bit of grit and determination about this Pakistan side and actually you know they've competed with England throughout the series they haven't sort of given much away England have just been subdued them ultimately so I imagine there's still be going to be some fight in this Pakistan side on the third day to try and set England a, a decent total in the fourth innings and whatever they set them England will go for it because there's going to be bags of time you think left in the game to chase whatever it is 200, 300, 400, 500. <laughs> I suppose one of the kind of distinctive differences between the teams and probably, in a way, the fundamental reason why England are 2-0 up, as you say, that the sides are reasonably evenly matched. I think, matched. I think perhaps England's bowling attack is a little bit better overall. But I think the captaincy is so important, isn't it? And whereas... Obviously, Ben Stokes has been very proactive and imaginative with his field settings and bowling changes and strategies. It feels like Babra Zam is still playing old school cricket a bit. And, you know, they're just leaving the fielders roughly in the same place as they've always been and bowling uh, bowlers for quite long spells, not really using the part time bowlers at all, not really changing strategy. It's almost as if Pakistan have arrived with a plan A and don't really have a plan B. Whereas England have got about eight plans and it just depends on the captain's mood and his inclinations, which plan they're particularly going to use on that on that particular day. I think that has been a big difference because I felt today at times, especially in that partnership between Harry Brook and, and Ben Folkes, which really was the reason England got up to 300, 
that Baba was a bit inactive and, and just sort of let things roll over and expected to, to get wickets and they just weren't looking as if they were going to come. I know, you know, he got the bowlers to bowl over the wicket into the rough and things like that, but that wasn't really working. And I just felt there was a lack of a lack of ingenuity there. What did you think? Yeah, no, I, I, I see what you mean. I mean, there, there was one passage of play today that was seen to be straight out of England's manual when Mohamed Wazim Jr. was getting the ball to reverse swing and he had three fielders close in on the leg side, reminiscent of a Jimmy Anderson field, say, from the last test match in Multan. So, yeah, there, there was a bit of that going on. But yeah, at times the field was set back and it was quite easy for England to knock the ball around. And they, you know, they got this positive approach and they were able to pick up boundaries and ones as well and, and tick the board over. I mean, it, it was reasonably pragmatic from England today. I mean, they weren't gung-ho. They, they, they recognised the challenge. They recognised the, the difficulty in, in scoring really quickly on this pitch. You know, it was not like, like Raul Pindi. And they, they, you know, they scored just over four and over, which is a bit of a come down, isn't it, when you compare how they've been scoring earlier in the series and at times uh, during this year. So there was a pragmatism about them today and Ben Folkes for example you know scored quite slowly Harry Brook uh, scored at the rate he scored at and actually in the last test match when he scored his hundred uh, it was a nice fluent innings he played really well it was but yeah I, I, also Pakistan Pakistan's attack was just a bit thin as well it relied a lot on the two uh, spinners and Mohammad Wazim Jr and not much on anyone else it, you know it, it, it basically was a three-man attack for him Ashraf bowled one over Salman Agha bowled uh, one over, so a lot was resting on the spinners, and you know they probably got a bit tired. Uh, actually, as well as the ball got older as well. Abra bowled close on 35 overs, and Norman Ali bowled 30 overs, and he wouldn't have bowled for a while because he's not been in this series. So yeah, uh, it, it feels as though England have got Pakistan covered, and you know they've they've shown that in the two Test victories so far. And well, it, it remains to be seen how this game is is going to pan out. So no contribution at all from Joe Root today. Amazing, isn't it? The England dominance. And Root is now averaging under 30 in this series. A first baller today, which uh, has, I think, probably only happened once in his career before. Uh, England have just almost marginalised the fact that they've always depended on Root in the past. And other people have stood up. Uh, today, Ollie Pope uh, playing a good innings. We've already mentioned Harry Brook. Harry Brook, so he was on the toilet when he when the, the previous wicket fell. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Yeah. I, I remember being on the toilet when Wazim Makram was about to take a hat-trick and I had to quickly get, get out there and face uh, the third ball. And it took me quite a while and I had to bat with no socks on. And how I survived, this was Pakistan against Middlesex in about... 1989, I think, or 1990, around about then. And uh, I, I don't know. No, actually, it was 1987, I think. And I, I don't know how I survived. Because I only survived because the ball ricocheted off my thigh pad and flew somewhere in the direction of the slips. And I was looking around and I wasn't sure what had happened. He was yelling for LBW and somehow the umpire saw in my favour. But I didn't, didn't even know what happened. And that, that actually was one of the things about facing Wazzy Macram. When he got the old ball and reverse swung it, he would run up behind the umpire, bowling round the wicket, and you actually couldn't see him at all until he popped out just at the last second to bowl a, a rapid delivery from round the wicket, 
and then it would go, it seemed to angle in and then zigzag away in the air. It seemed to move in both directions at the same time, cannon into one of your uh, bits of an attire and then ricochet off in some direction or other. I mean, it was a nightmare facing him. What, what an amazing bowler. They just haven't quite got someone like that anymore. No, not quite, no. So here's a question, Gods. If you know that Wazza Makram is such a good bowler, why is it that you're not ready, you're not prepared for the possibility of, you know, two wickets and two balls? And you know, you're not ready to go out and bat. You haven't got your, your damn socks on, your pads and all that sort of thing. Why, why aren't you ready? It's about being prepared. You're a professional cricketer. It's a, quite, it's a perfectly reasonable question. In this particular case, we didn't know anything about him. As I said, it was 1987 and no one had seen him before. And also, he came in, he, he, bowled, he was totally innocuous with a new ball at the beginning of the game. And then suddenly he came on and knocked over two wickets in two balls. And we were, you know, the dressing room was an absolute flutter. It was after, just after lunch. So, you know, we were having our sort of post-prandial you know, pop into the t- into the toilet kind of thing after a very large Lord's lunch. And it's just inevitable that it's someone is going to be caught out like that. Unfortunately, it was me. OK, well, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to the run out. Harry Brook afterwards said, yeah, it was, it's probably my fault. I apologised to Ben Stokes 58 times. I said to him, has he forgiven you? He said, well, I think he will if we lose the game. But actually, Stokes, as he walked off, sort of turned to Brook and said, you know, just make sure you make the most of it. Stay calm, you know, keep batting. And Brook did that, he, although he said his mind was a bit scrambled for a while. You know, he was, he was sort of angry with himself. I, when I looked at the run out, I think Brook, to some extent, was at fault. But... The, the throw could have gone to either end, and I just wonder whether you know there was enough care from both. Just just looking at it, I mean, Stokes just automatically assumed there was going to be three. The ball wasn't necessarily going to go to his end, so Brook had a call to make as well, going to the non-striker's end. So you know, the junior player there saying, "Yeah, it, it was my fault," and it, it 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 doesn't look good, does it, when two players end up at the same end? But but Stokes kept running. Brook started to run, realised, well, thought I might not get there, and went back and actually tapped in his crease you know the, perhaps the Yorkshireman coming out in him there that's sort of self-preservation or perhaps a, a batter's natural preservation I mean we've seen that happen a lot in, in the past you know where you you try to preserve your own wicket don't you and he, he said I, I thought about giving myself up but the umpires had a look at it and said no Stokes uh, was out I mean how, how did you see it was, was it obviously just uh, Harry Brooks fault I think it was one of those just classic mix-ups really uh, Stokes was mm. ambling the second a little bit. Uh, I didn't really analyse how Harry Brooks' running was. It was one of those where one person thought it was an, a, a ba- well. I think initially they thought it was a boundary, and then That's they realised right, yeah. it wasn't going to go for four. So they had to sort of check, quickly change and decide whether it was two or three. And there was a bit of a mix-up by which time they were both at the same end. And as you say, uh, Harry Brook touched his bat in very like uh, Jeffrey Boycott did when he famously ran out Derek Randall at Trent Bridge in about. 1978 or 9 or something. No, actually 77, I think it was, wasn't it? And yep, uh, yep, it 77. Was Derek Randall's first test at his home ground, Trent Bridge, and still Boyks made sure that he tapped his bat in before uh, Randall so that it was Randall who was given out, given they were both at the same end. And, yeah, I mean, these things happened. Don't they? I thought what was really impressive about Stokes was he stormed off initially in high dudgeon, but within about three seconds... He realised that Harry Brook is playing incredibly well. He's got still got his wicket intact, and he gave him a little thumbs up and on you go, mate. And he did. Yeah, I wonder whether Ben Stokes would have made 111. Uh, yeah, he actually was looking good. He was playing well. 
Uh, a, a really good partnership developing between those two after England lost their fourth wicket when Ollie Pope was bowled by a, a ripping delivery by Abra Ahmed. Really was a good ball to get Pope out. Pope had batted well, busily, uh, manoeuvring the ball around. He, he, he looked set for a big score. But England 98 for four and then Stokes came in. He, he, he did have a go a bit. I mean, he played a few big shots, but they were, it, was, it was sort of controlled aggression from him. It wasn't that sort of wildness that sometimes we've seen uh, this year. There was one run down the pitch and, and a big hoik and missing it. And then that was, that was the one uh, wild shot he played. But they, they, they looked as though they were developing a, a serious partnership. But 145 for five felt as though Pakistan were right on top and go, going to dominate the game. I mean, that, that's a pretty good effort to get up to 3-5-4 from 145 for five. So the last two wickets adding, what, 209 runs now that must that must be tough for Pakistan. So I mean, this is my point about the, this, this. This that feeling that England have got them covered, even though they're fighting hard. You know, they they get they get into a good position, but England seem to wrest the initiative back from them, and and that, and that's what happened today. This, this sounds like uh, the things we used to say about England against Australia. Yeah, yeah, uh, it England does. Was just competitive, but then Australia seemed to always have the answer and. Uh, in the end, their last five wickets add 180, and mm. you know they're out of the, out of range, kind of thing. What Australia used to do to England, England now seem to be doing to Pakistan. And uh, you know, credit to the the lower order there. But Mark Wood again playing well. Mark Wood actually started as a batsman, mm. and I've always felt he he had more ability than he'd shown, and his averages suggest. And he's starting to deliver now. I mean, he's still playing some sort of fairly wild tail end like shots but within those there's also some orthodox stuff and some good controlled hitting too and this time Ollie Robinson he, he likes a shot a ball almost but he he got away with it today and he got some useful runs as well so it it, it was a very good rear guard performance by England you're right and a leader 50 in the end Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I thought Wood played really well. I thought Robinson played really well as well. I mean, he's, he's capable enough. He doesn't have to go out there and swipe. And the same with Wood as well. And Wood gave himself some time. I think that was the key. So he's got vital runs in this series. A 36 not out and a, and a 35. And you look at the last test match, actually those 36 not out runs that uh, Wood scored, what, what was the difference between the two teams in the end? It was 26 runs. So, you know, tail end runs are really important. They could be vital in this game as well. 
and even Jack Leach playing a reverse sweep. He tried it. He tried it in the first innings at in Multan and was bowled. This time he gave himself a bit of time and tried it and nailed it. A good, a good moment for him. So 30 added for the last wicket. A really, really valuable uh, late order runs for England. And that makes a side difficult, doesn't it? It's so frustrating if you're a fielding side. You want them to roll over quickly, play a few big shots, get out. But actually today they didn't. They they saw the value of, of getting a lead, even though it was you know 50. Okay, they might have wanted 100, but they got 50. At one point it did look possible. Uh, so frustrating for a, a fielding captain when the, the lower order players are... Are scoring runs and Woods capable and Robinson's capable and, Rob- and Robinson's not a bad player actually to have coming at number ten. He has got some shots and today he also he blocked a few as well just to show a bit of responsibility. What was the um, reaction to Ray Ray and Ahmed's brief innings mm. today? Well, I I looked at Ben Folks immediately at the non-strikers end and I mean his body language um, gives you a clue. He just seemed to turn away from Ray and Ahmed, as if to say, don't play a shot like that. You know, that was your third ball in Test cricket. Those who haven't seen it, I mean, he played basically a shot of ball, Ray and Ahmed. He got off the mark with a wristy flick down towards fine leg. He was very nearly LBW, but he got some bat on it and then played another shot to his second ball. And then third ball, he came down the pitch and tried to hoik it over a deep mid-wicket. It was, it was actually a good catch uh, by Shaquille. He had to, he's a small man. He had to jump in the air and caught it to... Handed. It was, you know, it was a decent catch. And on another day, Ray and Armin might have got away with it. And everyone said, you know, well, that was a bold, ambitious stroke. You know, a four from his third ball in Test match cricket. I just thought he could have given himself a bit more time and and read the situation. I'm sure he was told, you know, be positive. And perhaps he just got a bit carried away a bit too early, especially with folks at the other end batting well. So, yeah, I don't know, a learning a learning point for. Rehan Ahmed, you've, you, yeah, you've got lots of shots and you want to play them, but you know, give yourself some time. It's not easy coming in Test cricket and suddenly just blazing away. Not everyone can do that. The camera cut to his dad actually, who was smiling, sort of ruefully. I think I know what would have happened if my dad had seen that because uh, it it was basically it was an undignified hack at his third ball, which didn't come off. And I know my dad would have. He would basically have gone home, my dad, if he'd seen that me do that and not spoken to me for about three days. Because actually all parents, you know, it's the worst thing, isn't it, when you're watching your offspring performing. It's much worse than you performing, I think. I'm sure all mums and dads uh, listening to this would would agree. It's it's so nerve-wracking watching your children perform in sport or drama or music or whatever. And there's... It just it's a horrible feeling when they, do, they do, when you know they've got some ability in something and they don't deliver it for whatever reason, especially if it's slightly thoughtless and perhaps a bit nerve wracked as well. So yeah, t- t- I think his dad did well there not to just you know tear his hair out and screw his face up. He he looked a, li- a little rueful, but yeah, as you say, hopefully Ryan will learn from it and actually it was nice to see Stokes putting him back on to bowl very early on in Pakistan's second innings he was on in about the fourth over I mean amazing isn't it they've bowled nine overs England and they haven't tried a, a, a seamer yet all spin and Ray and Ahmed bowling the last couple of overs straight round the wicket to both left-hander and right-hander as I was sort of saying in yesterday's podcast and incidentally if people listening to Lester's podcast found it not working. I don't know what that was due to, but it has been corrected now, so you should be able to listen to it in full if you had a problem. Apologies from yesterday. Yeah, I remember 
sitting with Marcus Truscothic's dad uh, when he made his debut at Old Trafford way back when, and you, you just felt for you know you felt for him because he was going through his huge turmoil, and you just want your son uh, to do really well. Actually, Marcus did well in that first Test match. He, he scored some runs and showed early on in his Test career that he was capable of of making a go at it. Yeah, you're you're probably more nervous than your son or daughter, aren't you? I mean, they they're out in the middle there lapping it up to concentrating and you're you're powerless as a parent you just keep your fingers crossed and hope that it doesn't go wrong well I think nerves are I've always said to people when you know when a kid is I'm nervous dad or uh, whoever I'm nervous about the the day and and I always say actually I think nerves is mainly excitement rather than apprehension and the, 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 the main fact about nerves is to be aware of them and know you can deal with them and not worry about them too much and actually embrace them in a way. Be excited that you're nervous because nervousness is a sort of excitement. And once you're in the middle or playing whatever sport you're doing or singing your song or you're doing, you know, dancing your dance, whatever it is, once you're into that you kind of the nerves disappear because you're immersed in what you're doing it's that lead up to the performance which is the worst bit and once you're doing the performance everything else sort of takes over your training or your practice or your ambition or whatever but if you're the viewer if you're the parent (laughs) you can't do any of that you can't kind of get involved can you you've just got to be the spectator so the nerves keep lingering yeah, a few deep breaths and I hope it goes well. Fingers crossed and a few deep breaths. Listen, we should wrap up, Yours, just at the state of the game. Just before we finish, I asked yesterday for any of our listeners to send in tweets uh, if they'd had a score lower than 15 all out or round about that after the, the big bash game yesterday when the Adelaide Strikers bowled out the Sydney Thunder for 15. Uh, and Michael Emerson reports uh, about a school game Selby Grammar School against Weatherby, under 12s. And he says Weatherby were 18 all out. Selby, six for naught off one ball and 11 all out. <laughs> Which is quite, Goodness me. quite extraordinary. Um, so I wonder who the so person was. they didn't was chase down 18. They didn't chase down 18. And they, well, they hit six off the first ball as well. And they're all out for 11. So God knows what the rest of them are doing. And here's an even better one. This is from, uh, so that was from Michael Emerson. Uh, This one here is from Martin White, who says, My old club, Langport, bowled out for naught against Glastonbury in 1913. And the 100-year anniversary of the match is on the 7th of July this year. And he's even posted a newspaper report with the scorecard. And the scorecard, sure enough, says Langport... And all their uh, different players, C.J. Manley, LBW Lick, Nort, starting from there, N.F. Peacock, Bold Liak, Nort, and literally it goes all the way down. Everybody, all the players from Langport CC in Somerset, all out for Nort in 1913. (laughs) I mean, in a way, I suppose the last man probably doesn't want to score because you want to be in the record books. You said it was the 100th 100, 100 year anniversary coming up. Well, that, you said it was 1913. Surely that would be 109 yeah. years. Yeah, sorry. So that actually must have been the 100th anniversary. 110th anniversary is next yeah. year, isn't it? Yeah. So that's what it is. Uh, so they must have had a 100th anniversary, 100th year anniversary match in 2013, and they're having 110th 
in in 2023. I've I've actually never heard of a team being bowled out for naught in a, in a club match. I mean, you know, you, you do get some low scores. I gave you my example of ten yesterday in a in a school match when I was 11 in a, a cup game in Bristol. We bowled the opposition out for ten and, and knocked them off in a few balls. But being bowled out for naught, well, that takes some doing, doesn't it? I mean, you know, you, you, there's normally one off the edge or a no ball or a wide or something. Uh, that is that is astonishing, mind you. Anyway, I'll post that. Uh, I'll post that scorecard on on yeah. the Twitter feed, which is the Analyst Pod. And if you have any other crazy stories like that, we'd love to hear them mm. at the Analyst Pod on Twitter. Uh, do let us know. Okay, final point then, Yoz. How many are Pakistan going to be bowled out for in their third innings, or the, in the third innings of the game in their second innings? Three hundred and thirty, which would leave England two hundred and eighty to win. Well, there's enough. There's enough there for the batters. I mean, he's slow. He's turning. I mean, that's to encourage the bowlers, but it's also quite slow. If you really are determined as a batter and you show some skill and dedication, uh, you can score. As England showed today, as Harry Brooks showed today, Ben Folkes showed today, Ollie Pope showed today, and the lower order as well. Another fascinating uh, Test match in prospect. Uh, I saw Michael Atherton at the close of play today when I went down on the on the outfield, and he said to me, when do you think this game's going to finish? And I said, mm, any time from the third day to the fifth day. I mean, it's, it's a very hard game to predict, uh, this one. It could end tomorrow. Pakistan fall in a heap, England knock them off, or Pakistan you know, really dig in and get a decent score. We could be uh, well into the, the fifth and final day of this series. It's all going to play out. It's been a, it's a really good day today, a fascinating day yesterday as well, and still a, a lot in this test match uh, to hold our attention. And we'll be back uh, this time tomorrow to review the third day's play. Goodbye for now. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.